A long time ago, the Earth fell into chaos and four brave explorers went out for a quest in search of secret jewels that would revive their land. They searched high and low for adventure, Whoa. culture, wow. history, Ooh, interesting. and food. Mm. And with each element, their people got happier, healthier, and more relaxed. Now, they bring their stories to you. Join them on their journey as they uncover these secrets buried in the annals of time on Lost and Found. This is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual event is purely coincidental. You do realize we are talking about actual places, right? Uh, oh. Catch Lost and Found on NUS Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Welcome to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. I'm Ria. I'm Mavis. I'm Winting. And I'm Ishani. And thank you for tuning in to Lost and Found. So, this is our first episode for today. So, why don't we start off with some self introductions? Okay, so I'll go first. I'm Ria, as you heard just now. I'm a year one political science student and I really like um, listening to music. Uh, I'm Mavis and I'm a year one communications and new media student. And some of my hobbies include baking and watching movies. And I also really like collecting vinyls. I'm Inting. I'm in year four and I study philosophy, political science and economics. So I really enjoy dancing and watching movies. I'm Ishani. I'm a year one material science and engineering student. Some of my hobbies include crocheting and reading books. Yep. So yeah, this is all of us from Lost and Found. So now let's move on to Hidden Gems. So what exactly is the inspiration behind Hidden Gems? Right, so our episode, so our whole series is going to talk about uh, the whole idea of uh, hidden gems, which is why we are called Lost and Found, because we're trying to uh, find all of these hidden gems that might have been lost before. So, what is it does hidden gems mean? So, for me, I was thinking about being a tourist within our own country and trying to find spots that are kind of unexplored, but are very nice and we can really share it with our listeners. So, yeah, Ishani, what do you think about hidden gems? <laughs> well, after coronavirus hit Singapore we've been kind of stuck here not able to travel and I think the fact that we can't explore other countries that sort of made me more interested in finding out what Singapore has to offer so when I heard about the idea of hidden gems in Singapore I think I was I was interested because I do want to know what kind of places there are here which are underrated or not explored as much as others. Okay, so for me, very similar to the rest, for hidden gems, I would think that because everyone will say about Singapore, like, oh, Singapore is so boring. We have explored every corner of Singapore. What is there new to explore? But contrary to that, this is what the Lost and Found is for. We are here to explore hidden gems, as the name implies that we are here to explore the hidden nooks and crannies of Singapore that Singaporeans may not really know about. And is really, at the same time, these hidden gems can be like, actually a very big part of our history that we may not be aware of. So we hope that through Lost and Found, you get to discover more new hidden gems alongside with us. I think Rhea talked about some really um, important points about why we decided to go on with this series. I think another reason is that many people would 
often think that Singapore is a really small country and a lot of it has become really modern as well. So I think uncovering all these hidden gems and uh, places that we don't normally see on a daily basis, it will really allow us to reconnect with our history and our culture and find out more about our country itself. So this is going to be really exciting for all of us, I think. Right, so I think definitely COVID-19 has made it very hard for us to travel. So we should really try to find enjoyable places within our own country. So um, yeah, maybe we can talk about what aspects of hidden gems you guys are interested in. So personally, I'm really interested in finding, um, I like exploring um, places, landscapes and going uh, to different places to take photos. So I think there's a lighthouse in Singapore. So, and I heard that if you go in there, and there's a very nice sunset that you can take a photo of. And that's something that um, I think it would be really interesting to uh, explore. Uh, yeah, but I also would like to know more about hidden food places in Singapore. So uh, recently, a friend told me that there was this cake shop in Singapore where uh, it has no name and you have to get a reservation to get in. And it's at a hidden location. So I didn't know that kind of thing ex- existed in Singapore. Right, so what, what, what are your thoughts on what kind of aspects of hidden gems do you guys want to explore? Okay, uh... In terms of hidden gems, I definitely look for something that caters to like my interests. I like uh reading about places. So I want to find I don't know, it sounds so <laughs> it sounds so weird when I say this, but I like to find this this bookshop in Singapore that sells these old ancient volumes of books and stuff like that. I I've actually wanted to I've been fascinated with railway tracks recently. Not the modern MRT lines, but the the olden time, the the giant railway tracks. I've been so interested in those. And I'd like to see if Singapore has some of those. Those are my thoughts. I, <laughs> what about you, Ria? Mm. Okay, Ashani, thanks. Because it's for me like similar to you. I have like like when you say about the railway tracks, it's definitely the hist- I'm more interested in the historical part because I really, really love history <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So and especially like the World War Two part where Singapore was under the Japanese occupation and all. But yeah. So as I'm really very interested to find out places and like how are they really connected to our history, even if it's not the usual wartime, like those bunkers and those bunkers and cannons that we often see in uh, support solution and everything. But definitely um, just any kind of thing. Like, for example, for, like anything that will link to history, like our Singapore history, it doesn't have to be World War II as well. It can be like different aspects of Singapore's history because I just recently found out this place, um, Upper the old Upper Thompson Road because you know we now have Singapore's F1 like we had the F1 race before COVID happened so yeah in the old Upper Thompson Road was in fact now it's not closed it's now a normal road but back then it was a actual like um actual go-karting track and people actually race over there and for around the 60s to 70s that period and then finally um, it was closed down, but then and it took like many years for F one to return to Singapore again. Like yeah, that's really like one interesting aspect. And yeah, I sound very long winded, but yeah, I really really love history. If you cannot tell, I think the historical components are definitely cool because I'm not really great at history. Like I I know I know some the things that I need to know, but I I haven't really had the chance to explore more about. Singapore's history. Um, so besides the historical aspect, I'm definitely a big foodie. 
I really want to find more um, food places because one of my hobbies is baking and I really like looking for different flavor profiles for different uh, cakes and bread and exploring different ways to expand my palate and also find maybe more ways to make fusion dishes and how they combine different elements of different cuisines together as one. I think another aspect of hidden gems that I would really like to explore would be um, small businesses, like up-and-coming businesses and from local entrepreneurs. I think that would be really interesting, especially how there is an expansion of number of people doing their businesses online or like even physical stores. And I think uh, we could go into that and hopefully find a few more interesting products to source from. I see. So with history, food, as well as history, food, music, books, we have definitely have a lot of hidden gems to uncover in Singapore. So let's touch on the topic. So now with the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, what do you guys think? How has it changed your aspect of hidden gems in Singapore? Because just now we were talking about the pandemic and how we want to discover more parts of Singapore. So how has it changed your, how will I put it, your outlook on Singapore? And it's hidden gems because we were also talking about small businesses as well. Alright, so um, I'll just start this out. Uh, I think before the pandemic hit Singapore, my thoughts were that we have Resorts World Sentosa and Universal Studios and places like that to, I guess, impress the tourists. I used to think that this was kind of like a tourist-driven economy and I guess to an extent it is. But really, after we didn't get to travel anymore, I realised there were a lot of places that Singapore had to offer, which showed off our own unique cultural heritage, our own unique history. So I think that's why this topic really interested me, especially in the given context where there's people who are kind of feeling cabin fever because they're not able to travel. So I guess through this, we hope to reach out to them and say that, you know, there are places you can go to. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely with connecting to our own history, our own culture, I think that's something that um, maybe when we were still able to travel freely, we don't really think that much about. But now with the opportunity to explore Singapore, we can really try to find ways uh, to connect more to Singapore. So for me personally, when I, during the school holidays, I like to travel out. So before COVID-19, I was taking every opportunity to just go overseas and explore and stay as long as I can. So I went to Korea for one month just to uh, explore the whole place. Yeah, but you know, like after COVID-19 hit, we have Singapore and it's our own it's our own home, right? But we don't really have we don't really go out and actively explore Singapore. So I think um yeah the COVID nineteen pandemic is pretty bad. But I think we also can take use of this um this situation to try to understand Singapore a bit more. So I thought it was very interesting too when I was just looking online of about some places to explore in Singapore and there's really so many places that I haven't gone to and haven't even heard about. So for example, there's a Japanese cemetery park in Singapore. So that's something that I just heard about yesterday and that's I didn't know that existed. So that's somewhere where I would be really interested to go and see. I think how the COVID-19 changed my outlook on Singapore is that I agree with all of you. Um, Usually a lot of my holidays, I would just 
imagine of the possibilities and the places that I could go beyond Singapore, I never really took the time to think about where I would travel or where I would explore in Singapore itself. And I think being, well, being stuck here because of travel restrictions, it definitely allowed me to gain a greater appreciation of what we have here. I mean, um, it allowed me to go to so many local places that I would have hardly went to if, well, if I could travel. And Singapore really does have a lot to discover because it's just like a melting pot of culture and different, well, a huge diversity of people that come here. And I think there is a lot for us to find out. And I think because one of the things that the whole COVID-19 situation did was that it strengthened our sense of, you know, community and understanding between people. And I think this really helped um, help us to learn more from each other and discover other things that are important to different people at different times and allow us to exchange more information and find out more about our city itself. Yes, that's definitely true. Singapore is so small, but yet, there's still so much to discover and running the point because of the pandemic, we do know that a lot of tourism industry, the businesses in Singapore have been badly affected by COVID-19 and like previously before the pandemic, everyone was saying, oh, Singapore has no domestic tourism. We are too small to have domestic tourism and I think that outlook has completely changed because now we realise without the influx of foreign tourists, we have no, practically almost virtually no businesses for our tourism businesses and many of them have been suffering through this pandemic and that really made me like really really sad to see because um I really love Singapore and all these like tourism businesses they showcase Singapore to on a global stage to all our tourists like all the glory like how Singapore is really wonderful place and yet us we as locals we don't really see it until this pandemic we really highlighted that we should support our local tourist businesses and definitely with the SRV scheme like the Singapore Rediscover $100 voucher scheme definitely like help in exploring <laughs> Singapore more because I think I'm down to like my last $10 already the scheme is towards the end of the year yeah so if you haven't gone already so do take this time to support our local tourism businesses as well because I've seen the websites they always go to all these funny places and I'm like oh my god why did I not think of going there before so it's really really cool and I think yeah this pandemic really has changed my outlook in that sense that we need to focus on our domestic tourism as well like while we love traveling so much I like did travel to Vietnam right before the borders were closed. So that's one thing, yeah. So while well, we love to travel, at the same time, let's focus about what we have here as well. Yeah. What did you spend your vouchers on? Oh, that's a very good question. Okay, I went to the zoo, which I have not <laughs> gone in the past um 10 years or so. And also, yeah, I went on a tour as well. It's like a tour around Chinatown because I'm that person. Because, <laughs> I mean, we all been to Chinatown now. Right? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like because Chinatown, because I went on a tour and I was like, oh my god, yeah, it's so interesting. Like because um when you go to Chinatown you only see oh this place it looks so colourful, oh it's a Chinese district, but there's so much to discover because it's, the tour guide will bring us to places like to temple like durian and stuff like that. So it's really quite an interesting perspective on Chinatown. It's more on the tourist 
perspective, but it's a really like interesting outlook to look at Chinatown instead of us just casually passing by and not really thinking much about the place. Like there's a story to tell. So it was the zoo. And yeah, so I'm already down to my last $10. <laughs> so how about you guys? Well, I'm down to $40 because I used the $60 for Universal Studios tickets with my friends. Ooh. It was pretty sad because it rained like the whole day. <laughs> oh, no. And we only took one ride, which was the Jurassic Park ride. And it was outdoors uh-huh. and none of us had ponchos. We only had jackets because we did not think that it would rain. So we got drenched <laughs> like from head to toe. And right after that, we went for the mummy. And we only rode it once, but we queued for 45 minutes. And by then, it was nearing to the end of the day and we had to leave because we had someplace else to be. So we were drenched. We were tired and we only took two rides. Oh no. Okay, but in that sense, and I mean, it's all expenses paid. Well, well, I guess so. We were still there. And I think it was just like enjoying the company of each other rather than like, the rides itself. A high price to pay, but a good experience. Mm, yeah, it's a very unique experience with the rain. Yeah, actually, on a note of the hidden gems, right? So, for example, going to Universal Studios or Sentosa, I think that's um a lot of people's idea of what Singapore's tourism is. So, I think really through this uh radio uh show, when you guys are tuning in and listening, maybe you can find out a bit more about what local tourism means as some of the interesting places that are more unexplored so you can avoid queuing for 45 minutes like we just did yeah so um, I actually haven't used my Reader's cover vouchers oh really <gasps> yeah because I keep using my friends vouchers because they'll be like oh let's go to this place then we'll just share the vouchers and then I'll just pay them back in cash because I keep thinking I will use it but I haven't used it so if you guys have any good recommendations uh, please send it my way mm. that's why I lost and found so we are here to give you these recommendations <laughs> So if you're like Yun Ting and not use your $100, please go and do so after the show. Well, I actually played tourist because, uh, so in my family, my sister was too young to get the vouchers. So we had three sets of vouchers and we spent them on Universal Studios tickets. And then, which we redeemed, I think last year. And then we spent the rest of it this year, if I'm not wrong, on ziplining in Sentosa. <laughs> so... We didn't really explore many hidden gems. We just went to the obvious places that we missed. And I have to say, it had been so long since we went to Universal Studios. And it was it was definitely very fun. But these places are... Universal Studios is like... It's a global thing. It's in many different countries, like Disneyland as well. So I wanted to see something that is unique only to Singapore. Something that only the Singapore culture or Singapore spirit, I guess, can... Uh, can make it seem better, that it can enhance. And I think that's why this show idea was so intriguing and interesting to me. Yeah. So, so on the note of the hidden gems, are there any other interesting places you guys have gone to? Just real quick, just shout out places. Because, I mean, I accidentally stumbled onto the big Victoria Library. I didn't even know it existed and it's like one of the very big buildings. And I love that place now. So yeah. can you elaborate on the Victoria Library? I don't think I heard about it. Mm, it's the one in Bugis, the Central Public Library. There's like a huge reference library there, but it's the basement library that I love. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed until my mom took me there uh early this year. 
Well, that's quite cool. I only heard of the everyone always talk about oh the NLB building, the central library, but I'm not really into that appeal. Then when you see the basement library, I'm like, oh okay, that's mm. our hidden gem <laughs> right hidden. there. <laughs> and it's definitely a gem. I mean, whenever I get the time, I just I love alighting at Bugis. Oh, that's quite cool. So what's inside the Victoria Library? Okay, most of it is just reference text. So like university level, very intellectual stuff, which is not what I go there for. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole newspaper archives as well. Newspapers uh spanning the decades before the Straits Times. And then lastly is the normal library, that branch of NLV that is everywhere in every part of Singapore. So there's that. That's my favorite place to go. Well, uh thank you everyone for listening. We've actually come to the end to this first part. Now, I invite you to stay tuned to Radio Pulse and we will be right back after a very short break. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, welcome back to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Thank you for staying with us and now moving on lost and found. Since this is our very first episode, let's take a chance for some icebreakers games to know our books. So firstly, let's start off with Two Truths, One Lie. So I'm sure by now you have already played Two Truths, One Lie where you come up with two truths and one lie. <laughs> and it's up to us to guess which one is the lie for each person. So in while we are playing, viewers, please take this chance to also play along with us and also guess the lie that we are all telling. So yes. So in the meantime, let's take about five minutes to come up with our two truths and one lie. So, well, I already thought of one. Oh damn! Well, okay, so I'll go first then, and then you guys can guess. Okay, so I I love peanut butter. It's my favorite thing to put on bread. I'm allergic to peanuts. I have no allergies. <laughs> okay, I think I think it's so weird. Can you repeat the three of them again? I have no allergies. I'm allergic to peanuts. My favorite spread is peanut butter. Oh my god, this is so general that they all sound true, but doesn't she have an allergy to latex or something? Well, that isn't food. <laughs> so, oh, food specific. Okay. Oh, but if she said, okay, if you like peanut butter, but you're allergic to peanuts, then that either one would be the lie as well. Yeah. But I have no allergy. It's just confusing. Okay, let me correct. I have no food allergies. Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay, let's just yell out our guesses and hear what she has to say about every single one of those those things. Okay, can, can. Okay, so on the count of three, let's yell our guess. Okay. okay. One, two, three. The third one. The second yeah, the one. Third one. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so the third one would be I have no food allergies. That is wrong. I have lots of food allergies. Oh I'm allergic to wheat. I'm allergic to peanuts. And I actually used to have a mild allergy to prawns, eggs, and milk, but they don't really exist anymore. I just live with it. My more severe reactions, like my more severe food allergies would be wheat. 
I can't eat bread. I can't eat noodles. But I don't care. I just go about eating it normally. And if anything happens, I just let it happen to me. And the uh, the second one, I'm allergic to peanuts. That is true. Obviously. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love peanut butter. But I can't eat peanuts. So it's really painful. Like the smell, I love the smell of peanut butter. And I love the taste because it's like savory and sweet at the same time. And it's just... It's just so good to put it on bread and like peanut butter and jam is like a, such a nice combination. But yes, I'm allergic to peanuts. So that is heartbreaking for me. Wait, so is, are, your, are your reactions considered minor in that sense? Yeah, they're not like too bad. It's just I have an eye itch. I have a bit of rash on my arms. And that's just it. But you know, they have like antihistamines and medications to take. True, true. So, yeah, it's not it's not that bad. I've learned to cope with it. Hey, are you are you allergic to other types of nuts also? Like, do other nuts breads substitute for your love for peanut butter? Unfortunately, no. I've tried almond butter, but that's just, it's just alright. I don't like it as much as peanut butter. Right. Who's next? So, anyone's ready with their two truths and one life? Okay, I can I can go. I thought of mine. So, the first one is, uh, I have been dancing badly for a few years. The second one is, I wasn't born in Singapore. And the third one is, I have changed in an influencer's house before. You have <laughs> changed? Like, in a, your clothing or like your personality? <laughs> or what, what direction are we going to change? My clothes, my clothes. <laughs> Like you need to give some context. If not, we are going to imagine <laughs> our wild imaginations oh. are going to take us somewhere. If you know what I mean. Oh, I was saying, if it is the truth. Hmm. Well, that's already oddly specific. <laughs> okay, I think, hmm. I think I have a kind of an idea of which one. Okay. If, okay. If Era has an idea, then you can go on the count of three. So... One, two, three. The two, first, first one. one. What? So the only one guessed the second one. one. Yeah, I'm on the first one. Wasn't her introduction saying that she loves to dance? <laughs> no, but dancing, our interest can start in the past few years That is well. true. And so, yeah, the first one is the lie. So, so I do like dancing, but I haven't danced badly before. And uh, I only started more recently. So um, I started dancing in university, but then I started taking it more seriously about one year ago. And I mainly do uh, street styles. Right, so, um, yeah, and for the second one, uh, yeah, I wasn't born in Singapore. I was actually born in Taiwan. Then I moved to Singapore when I was two years old, and now I am a Singapore citizen. Right, and finally, the last one, the third one. So, basically what happened was I was uh, doing my internship where I was working with a influencer and then I have to I had to go to her house to help her with setting up some live streams and it was really very heavily one night and I was outside uh, waiting for my supervisor and I was drenched completely so when I entered the house and she saw that I was drenched completely so she was like okay please you know change your clothes don't catch a cold so she um let me sell off her clothes and let me change in her house so that was the context behind it there was no shady businesses going on <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was really nice of her. And yeah. also for the first one, I just assumed that almost 
Well, for me, a lot of my dance that I've learned was started from ballet. I just assumed that that was like the first dance that everyone did as a child. Yes, yes. I did ballet as a child as well, but I stopped at P5. But that's about 11 years old eh, because I could not dance. Yeah, same. Actually, I used to do ballet as well. But when I reached secondary school, I was like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh... Actually, it started off with Ballet Under the Stars. When I was, I think, seven, I was watching it and I was like, I want to be like them. So that's why I started Ballet. But towards the end, it became a bit, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't express it in words. But uh, so I kind of, I stopped doing Ballet. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tough. You guys lasted for so long. I stopped after like a week and then I tried <laughs> other forms of dance. Yeah, I thought it was a typical like little girl thing to start ballet at a very young age and then they see where it takes it from there. I did I did that. I, I tried. I, I did it because my sister did it but I didn't like the teacher. I just felt that she was really boring and mean. So I just stopped after like a month and then I tried like different dances so I did like hip-hop. Oh. <laughs> Are you still dancing now? Yes. Ooh. I just joined a dance CCA in NUS. Oh. Okay, so you can sing and dance. So maybe on the radio show, we can see Mavis sing and um, we'll explain the dance to you guys. It will basically be Mavis talent show. Yes. Please stay tuned to that. No, um, I prefer to keep it as Lost and Found. <laughs> <laughs> Lost and Found finale night. Mavis. Um, we'll featuring see. Mavis. <laughs> Okay, I have thought of two truths and one lie. Okay, so I have a dog at home. I have capsized a jet ski in the sea before. And I have crashed a motorcycle into the swimming pool before. The small child motorcycle with a motor. I've crashed it into a swimming pool before. What? Why is yours so wow? <laughs> You yeah. seem like a very reckless driver. Have you got your driving license? No, I, I was interning the this whole year, so I didn't really get time to learn driving. And also, I didn't want to study in the eight months I was free, so I was like, nah, nah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of you. <laughs> I shouldn't let her near any dangerous motor vehicles. Guys, I've grown up. The fact there are two over there, so one of them has to be the truth. At least one has to be a true, but I'm not sure which one. Right, she explained. It seems like those two were a bit more specific than the first fact. So, not sure if those are the truths. Maybe she's trying to throw us off. What country did you jet ski in? Wait, I think it was Batam or Penang. Ah, Batam. Okay, and what's your dog's name? Oh, uh, we named him Gopi. G-O-P-I. Okay, now how do you have answers for those two? Is your dog still alive? <laughs> yeah, that's why I told you about him. <laughs> okay, because I wasn't sure they said have or had. I said I have a dog at home. Okay. Okay, I think it's time for you guys to guess. You're asking too many questions. I'll answer them all after you guys guess. It's because you're a very convincing liar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if all our lies are honestly, we'll be with you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's go on the count of three. Which one do you think it is? Okay. One, two, three. The third one. one. The first one. <laughs> the first one. Okay, so the lie, right, is the first one. Yeah. Oh, my family has never owned a dog because, uh, you know, they think that my sister and I are too irresponsible to take care of dogs. So maybe not now, but maybe in future we'll get a dog. 
Uh, as for the other two, um, oh my god, wait, I just realized I said two lives. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I said two lives. Okay, so I'll just explain it anyway. So the third one was a lie as well. So whoever gets oh. the third one, you're right. Uh, the second one, it, it truly did happen. I was in Batam. I was in sec one or sec two. I don't remember, but you're supposed to be, I think, at least thirteen to ride the jet ski, and I had not turned thirteen yet. It was March. Okay, so this was in sec one. It was March. My birthday's in May. So I was still 12 years old. But they said that I can ride this jet ski. So what happens is the instructor goes, okay, I'll have your younger sister sit with you. I'll also have a lifeguard go with you. So I said, okay, fine. This sounds really interesting, really fun. So the the jet skis in Batama, you push a button and then it starts uh, going. That's what I did. So I pushed the button, but I think I panicked or something. I immediately turned the thing left, which caused it to turn too much. And so it just capsized. Luckily, it was in shallow water. And <laughs> so uh, we managed to get out relatively unscathed. But after that, I didn't ride jet skis until 2019. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I, if, I, if it was me, I think I would not ride jet skis ever again. <laughs> At least you still have the courage to do so, and I applaud you for that. Or maybe it's just me. Okay, yeah, and very quickly, just for the last one, my sister's the one who crashed the motorcycle, not me. Oh. So, see, oh. I'm not the only clumsy one here. It runs in the family. That's why they can't get a dog. <laughs> that's not true. That's That's not true at all. It was just wrong place, wrong time. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Okay, so I'll end off with my two truths and one lie. Okay, so try to guess along with me. Okay, firstly, I've nearly started a fire in a restaurant. Secondly, I have been mistaken for a primary school student at the age of 20. And thirdly, oh my god, what was the third one again? Oh, that's so dumb. Okay, so, oh, and thirdly, I have been scammed into taking a kayaking course. So, which one do you think is the lie? Wow, well, looks like I'm not the only reckless one. You also start a fire, <laughs> huh? huh? <laughs> At least it's better than you. You have more misdeeds to your name. Okay, no, no. I capsized a jet ski. We were all wearing life jackets. We would have been able to swim. So, no. I don't consider that a misdeed. I consider that an interesting experience. Okay, good. I'll take, I'll take it as you. <laughs> I think the first one is the lie. Mm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Too. Yeah, first one. Okay, what was the first one again? Okay, I nearly a fire. A fire. No, it's actually the the lie is actually the second one. I've gotten mistaken for a primary school student. It was not at the age of twenty. I was eighteen when I got mistaken for a primary school student, and because you know eighteen is like the age where they say you're legal and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then sometimes when I go watch like movies, I still get mistaken to be like, "Oh, can you please show your ID?" Because we need to verify. And I'll look at the the stuff and I'm like, "Do I look that? Do I look that young? Like, do I look like a kid?" And it was so like mildly offensive at the time to me. I had a similar experience to yours. So I was in sec two, that would be 14 years old. We went to Scotland during the June holidays and we were having breakfast at this Italian restaurant there. So in the mornings, they had this buffet at the restaurant. And for children below the age of 10, it was free. So the waiter, he literally comes up to me and he goes, all kids below the age of 10 get a free buffet. So you can go and get it right now. I mean, I didn't bother correcting him. I just said, thanks. And so I enjoyed free buffets for, I think, four days that I was staying in there. 
<laughs> oh okay, I have a similar story to add on to that as well. Because I was in London and because, you know, kids' price over there is under 15 years old. I was around 18, 19 that time when I was in London and I had purple hair. Like, I had white <laughs> hair. And my father was so absolutely confident. Just lie about your age. You can just get the kids' prices cheaper. And we did. He just said two adults with my elder sister and one kid. And the lady just, okay, here's your tickets for the attraction. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay, so anyway, going back to the fire story, it is true. I nearly started a fire and it was by accident, of course. I'm not an arsonist. I do not con- I do not um, condone arson. Okay, I was in Amsterdam and it was a restaurant. And because the restaurant each had like lighted candles on each table and for each table, I was like, it was winter. So, you know, with all the heavy jackets and parkas. So I was taking on my jacket and I took off my jacket too high. I literally swung the candle off oh the table. <laughs> so that was, oh my God, I was so scared. My father shouted in the restaurant. We were basically making a big scene out of ourselves over there. And I was so frightened as well. I thought I had like caused a mini fire, but luckily for me, it was just the wax that spilled out. There was no fire. Just the wax, the fire was like extinguished, but I was so traumatized. My father was literally scolding me for being so careless. Yeah. It has been so amazing hearing everyone's experiences as well as sharing my own mishaps and misdeeds in your words. <laughs> However, we have come to the end of this part. Once again, thank you so much for sticking with us and do stay tuned for our next segment. Bye-bye. And welcome back to Radio Falls, the sound of NUS. Thank you for staying tuned with us. And now, since you have heard all of us, we have really funny stories that we share and maybe perhaps some misdeeds that some of us have committed. But that is not what we are here for, right? We are here to discover hidden gems that have been lost and found again in Singapore. Okay, so let's start off with some places that we may want to visit first. Okay, so some disclaimer, since today is our first episode, we'll be doing like a general category of the places. So there's no like specific um, type of place that we're talking about. We'll just be throwing out places that we either visited and found interesting or we are interested in visiting. So anyone can start the ball rolling. Oh, I'll start. Okay, so recently the new MRT line had opened. So I'm uh so I think it'll be fun if you know we go along to the di- along the different stations of that line to find out places to go and what to visit. Uh one of the pla- one of the MRT lines that I recently went to was Maxwell and it is situation it, it is situated right in the middle of um well it's like between a cross section of the Tanjung Paga area. It's walkable from Tanjung to Tanjung Paga and it's also pretty near to Duxton Hills and as well as Chinatown it's not that far away it's all within walkable distance of uh, that Maxwell MRT station and one of the cafes that I recently found was a cafe called Flor Patisserie and what it is is it's sort of like uh, this French and Japanese fusion Ooh. bakery and it's also botanical themed so on the in- on the interior you can find like, well, it's an all-white 
uh, interior and you know you have really nice um, white tables and there were there was a swing also and you know very botanical feel and for the for the um for the bakes that they usually sell there's a lot of tarts and uh Swiss rolls that you would find at uh, at Chateraise and yeah and it's pretty good and one of the things that I had was this matcha roll that had azuki filling on the inside with matcha cream and it was really good because it wasn't it was just a really good balance between the cream and the cake as well and it wasn't it was really light and it wasn't too overwhelming or too rich and it was a really nice really nice cake <laughs> that's nice it actually reminded me of Hafla do you guys know Hafla the one at Chimes and uh, triple one Somerset oh the matcha place yes the matcha place it kind of reminded me of that but I think this one is more on fusion with French yeah. and Japanese yeah so. there's also other flavours as well there's like a mango tart Ooh. and I think there's also chestnut flavoured uh, cakes as well to explore and I think black sesame was one of the flavours yeah it's, it's it's pretty interesting to go there and try it but but you have to get it with tea though because you know sometimes you want to cleanse your palate of the cream and stuff the tea the floral tea is really nice to help sort of like lift elevate the flavor a bit and it complements the cake right and it's also a photo spot is it well it's pretty photogenic yeah because like they have pretty nice murals on the inside and it's a pretty cottage core place aesthetic that people will usually go to. Uh, yeah, so the cottage core, which is gaining a lot of prominence lately, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are really, really interested in cottage core. I've never really understood what the cottage core aesthetic is, though. Well, I think, to me, it was just like, almost like, living in a cottage. Basically, you know, you know shows like Pride and Prejudice, uh-huh. those lives and little women, those lifestyle where you have like a little house in some desolate place that's uh-huh. still near to civilization and you know, there's just flower you live with lots of flowers and you bake bread and you use a lot of well you use a lot of checkered and plate stuff well not really flayed like more of like Jinham Jinham pattern (laughs) and yeah well it's a lifestyle that we definitely can dream of but um, in Singapore it's quite impractical but I mean we can live the dream cottage car it sounds like I mean when I think of cottage car I think of like the 2021 version of Cinderella (laughs) oh it just recently released I think this week or last week and I watched it twice and I liked it. And I liked that house. It was very nice. But and it was quite medieval. That's what I thought when I heard Cottage Car first. Oh. Medieval times. It can be medieval at times. I haven't watched it. Even though, like, I'm a huge movie buff, but I have not watched it. Mainly because I have my reservations about it. But, yeah... Well, I shall not elaborate that right okay. now. But <laughs> if we elaborate, this will turn into a movie. Yeah. Instead, we are here to discuss about hidden gems. Yeah, but I think the appeal of the whole cottage core thing is like people really want to sort of escape, right, from 
this whole busy <laughs> lifestyle right now. Mm, we're actually looking at Starbucks where a lot of students are busy studying and we just want to escape and it's getting harder to escape because of the whole pandemic situation. So yeah, I think definitely the cafes that have this kind of aesthetic definitely appeals to people like us who are looking for some kind of uh, nicer scenery. I'm ashamed to say this, but I've actually never found nature very appealing. Mainly because of, you know, the bugs and, and the heat outside and the humidity. So I don't really like going out. I think the closest I've been to nature is this this day-long... I, I don't even know if I should call it a hike or a trek, but it was this day-long trail that I went on with my family about three years ago to Macritchie, uh Reservoir, and I hated every second of it. So I am looking to find places in Singapore which allow me to go outdoors, but save me from all the things I hate about outdoors. <laughs> That's why you go to a cafe of a cottage called Nature. Nature is aesthetic. <laughs> Another one would be Six Letters Brunch, but I've never been there. I've only been looking at this Instagram post. It's a bit, it's a bus ride away from Kabangan MRT. And it looks pretty nice. It's a it's an all-day brunch place and um it's also pretty florally themed, um, from what I've seen from the photos. Well, I think to get a better sense of what it is, I should probably go visit there soon. But yeah, it's an all-day brunch place and I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal of the day. And I think that'll be fun if we go to those places and check it out as well. On the note of food, I want to mention that I'm vegetarian. So I'm really interested in finding foods that are unique to Singapore's history and culture, but are also vegetarian. Like I know... Recently, I know mala has become really popular. I don't know. I've just always heard people saying that. Oh, I ate mala today. It's so nice. So I really want to find a nice um place for <laughs> vegetarian mala because I want to try it. I I love chili, so I love any anything that's spicy, and that's why mala is very appealing to me. Yeah, I think vegetarian food. Um, my own impression is that it's really hard to find affordable vegetarian food in Singapore because. My mom really enjoys eating vegetarian food, but the only one we have near our house is Green Dots, and Green Dot is really expensive. So it'd be really interesting to find out where else I can bring my mom to and make her happy. <laughs> I think the thing with vegetarian food is they they say it's a lot of organically sourced stuff, and organic stuff is just generally more expensive, yeah. which is yeah another thing about a vegetarian lifestyle. Yeah, we are you gonna say something? Oh, no, no, because I just wanted to add that it's nothing much. It's because my mom is also vegetarian, actually. And because, because remember, during the circuit breaker, we are often, like, ordering food from home. And because of that, my mom is always such a chore. Like, okay, it's not a chore. It's just at all the time, we all have, like, clashes with my mom because um we need to find a choice. We need to find a restaurant that offers a vegetarian option as well. So I would think that like yeah, discovering like more vegetarian restaurants, like more hidden gems with all these vegetarian options will be very um good in the future. So like what you think say we can bring my mom to more places as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have dived into vegetarian stuff. So we hopefully we can cover more in the upcoming episodes on food. I think like one of the things to add is that um the food scene in Singapore is definitely changing. So there's a lot of like vegan options as well and vegetarian options. And yeah, and I also like to say that I'm the complete opposite of Ishani. 
I love meat. <laughs> I could not live on a vegetarian diet. I mean, I don't hate vegetables, but if there was meat and a vegetable, I go for the meat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to to each their own. I'm not saying that as a vegetarian, I love vegetables. It's just something I have to consume for survival. And so, yeah, I am that vegetarian who hates vegetables. I think I should spend more time with you and just probably <laughs> learn how to learn how to eat more vegetables and oh. other vegetarian options as well. Because my sisters, my sister loves vegetarian food. I'm I'm a very bad example of a vegetarian. I'm honestly the pickiest eater you'll find. There's very few things that I can eat, which is why whenever we're talking about going out to eat, like for example, if my family is looking for a place for dinner or my friends want to meet outside for dinner, you'd always have to consider my additional dietary requirements. Not even dietary, just me. Because I'm a yeah, picky eater. So yeah, that's that's me. I <laughs> extremely picky about food, but willing to eat mala. Actually, I got over a a small aspect of my pickiness la- last year. So in my JC canteen, I finally tried ban mian. Oh, it's I so it. good. Yeah, oh really my good. god, it's so good. I love ban mian. I I think I ate it a grand total of three times only, but it was so good every single time. It was so, it was so good. And the thing is, they gave a lot of vegetables with it. So I got I I was I told the person I was like, can you remove the vegetables? And I'll still pay you the same. So what she did is she removed the vegetables, gave me more noodles, and returned me my money. She gave me like I think she gave me some money back, so I I, <laughs> I paid lesser because I didn't eat the vegetables. Yeah, hopefully we can recommend some good banh and places in the upcoming episodes as well. Yes, I have to, I have at least three in mind right now because I love banh mian also, and also adding a bit more on the part about dietary uh options and ideas. Um, I'm also I I would. I, as mentioned earlier, I have lots of allergies. So <laughs> we could find more places that, you know, have like other options like gluten-free as well. Even though that's not exactly the same as wheat allergy, but, you know, it would help in some sense. And also, um, I think one of the things that I, what I saw when I went around the other day was that paleo diets and keto options have been on the rise lately. And yeah. I think it would be really cool if we, we explored some of these. Yeah, there's also a really good banyan store near my house. So maybe in a future episode, we can talk about banyan and other food. So I think our listeners can definitely expect a lot of different food options in the upcoming episodes. With all this talk about banyan and vegetarian, I think we can have at least two episodes worth right. of content dedicated especially to this. And also about our local food as well. You know, where to get the almost... Uh, affordable prices for food Definitely. and the most local foods like maybe satay or charcoal and stuff like that so moving on from food <laughs> another place that i was really interested in uh exploring i guess was the cat cafe in singapore oh, it, i went uh this year if i'm not wrong yeah early this year i went to the cat cafe and it was amazing we went during the cat's nap time so <laughs> they were all having food coma and they were all sleeping so it wasn't very fun but it, i think it was still fun like bothering the cats as they slept don't do that though don't do that it's just me but i think yeah i definitely want to go there and i also want to go to the dog cafe because i like dogs as well 
I love dogs. <laughs> oh, interesting point here. Like right before, um, I actually didn't know that there was a dog cafe in Singapore. But right before, like the travel restrictions happened and before the whole thing, I actually went to a husky cafe in Thai- Thailand. Oh, the husky oh, cafe. Yeah, and there were so many of them. It was really fun. So hopefully, if we go to the dog cafe, it would just be oh, the same experience because I love dogs as well. Dogs are the best. Yeah, actually, I have a dog at home, at home as well. Lucky. So. But then the problem is the problem in Singapore is finding like pet friendly places to right. bring our dog to because it can become troublesome sometimes because they have like specific restrictions. So I really hope that like, maybe we could explore like pet friendly as well, like in addition to dog and cat cafes, because we like to bring our dog out and he'll be just sitting here smiling at everybody. <laughs> I think Star Vista actually has a. Uh, I think a cafe that's attached to the pet shop, which is pet friendly. So maybe that's one of the places we can go look at. Yeah, uh, I would definitely want to see your dog in a dog cafe. I love <laughs> dogs. Yeah, but on the note of of cat cafes, I actually went to a cat cafe. I think in Bugis a few years back, and I didn't really have a great experience because the cats are very good at dodging people's hands. So every time I tried to <laughs> pet them, they would just duck under, and then it would miss my hands completely. Yeah, so that was pretty sad. But yeah, I think it's still a, it's still a nice place to explore. It's um helping a lot of cats that um would otherwise maybe be in the streets or wouldn't have the help that they need. So definitely, I think it's a place we can uh go to and support the businesses and also play with cats. Yeah, but I actually have two cats at home, so <laughs> yeah, but they don't give me much attention. So maybe <laughs> I can seek it from other cats outside. <laughs> so so many of us. So there's at least two of us with pets here i think it'll be a good idea to go look for pet friendly cafes yep, yep. right now i have like two in mind but we shall talk more about that on another episode okay there's actually this other place i was thinking of um it's called the mind cafe i don't know if you guys have heard about yes, it yes it's the board game one yeah so you can go there and order like i think you can order free flow of food and drinks and then you can pick any board game you want so it's like a library you've got a lot of board games all stacked up in shelves and and you when you have a, a seat you and your group of friends can actually just play any of the games that you want so i found it really cool i went there a couple of years back and yeah it was very fun oh there are actually a lot of game cafes there's one at uh orchard and one at Farrah park as well but they're not like they're different cafe from uh, mind cafe but it's also like board game and game centered that would be fun well I've never been to a game cafe before this is my first time hearing the concept of a game cafe actually <laughs> oh gosh, we have to take you there yeah looking forward to it local places so there's one place where I really want to visit which I mentioned uh, earlier which is the Japanese Cemetery Park in Haogang so um, when I went to Japan a few years back I actually went to a cemetery um, to look at it and I thought it was very nice. Uh, even even though it is a cemetery, but the kind of um graveyards that were there, they were very well kept uh, and very um beautiful to look at. And it was a very nice um peaceful vibe there. So that's definitely one place that I would like to explore. And I think um just now Mavis mentioned during our break time that she has actually ran past it. Yes, it's actually surprisingly uh surprisingly really near to where I stay. So it's a it's a jogging distance from my house, but I've never been in it because you know I'm scared. And well, but it looks very um peaceful and calm on the from the outside. 
Yeah, on the note of sceneries, I just thought of this place where I went to a few months ago. Uh, it's the Fort Canning Park, Fort Canning Hill. I did not know that it was so nice. I went there once a very long time ago. Then I went again this year for New Year. And when I went there, it was at night, obviously, but it was so beautiful and windy and nice up there. And I, I thought that not a lot of people have heard about it. Just a couple of friends who recently became like, interested in hiking and trekking and stuff like that but really i found the entire fort canning park really interesting really nice <laughs> yeah on the note of fort canning but i've actually been to fort canning park while well, the bicentennial when singapore had the bicentennial celebration and my friends were walking around and we're like oh fort canning is so cool we were all this stuff because it's very very nice scenery and some of the gardens they take inspiration from like old singapore hotel like 13th century singapore as well as um our colonial roots as well. So I think it's a very interesting um place to look at. Like for not for just hiking but also for sightseeing and exploring as well. I've actually oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Mavis. I've actually been really interested in finding out about World War Two. And I've been to the Bukit Chandu Reflections Museum. Oh my god, isn't that the one that everyone has to go in secondary school? I think I went in primary school. Oh, yeah, so primary school one of the one of the learning journeys and another one would be the Battle Box at Fort Canning, I think. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always been very fascinated with the World War Two uh, artifacts in Singapore, I guess. Yeah. And so yeah, you know, I think it would be really interesting visiting all these places because there's definitely a lot of unexplored territory, I guess, that is severely underrated in Singapore. And we hope that through the show you guys can also get a feel of the place as we do as well. So that would be the end of this part. Once again, thank you so much for staying with us until now. Over the next few weeks, we will be taking you to some hidden gems in Singapore, which would have been lost, but which we find every week just for you. So thank you once again. And this has been Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Bye-bye.